Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Wendy Papazian. And I'm Seychelle Van Poole. Uh, today, we have a very special guest for you. We have the very, one, very, yes, very special, very special. We have the one and only Diane Griffin with us. Um, and Diane, you all need to know, she is an international businesswoman with an insurmountable work ethic. Like, oh my gosh! And her drive for building and leading businesses, and a desire to create endless opportunities for anyone around her. Like, if you're in Diane's world, you are a lucky duck. Let me just tell you. Um, so, <laughs> so it's true. It really is. You know, and not only does she play a major role in leading organizational strategy across multiple businesses with Keller Williams Realty as both a business owner and a coach, Diane really has a passion for amplifying the voices and lives of women around the world. And so much so that she is actually the co-founder of um, the Five Dolls Network. Uh, she's currently the chairman of the board with Keller Williams United Kingdom. And in her spare time, you know, just because that wasn't enough. Um, she also is a That's fantastic right. mother of two very smart, dynamic daughters. She's a competitive triathlete. And she's currently training for her second Ironman right now, you guys. Like, just think, of, just think about that for a minute. And she's a tireless advocate for the communities that she lives in. Uh, she serves on nonprofit boards and advisory committees all throughout the Grand Rapids, Michigan areas. All right. So before we begin, Diane, I'd, I'd love to hear your story. What was life like for you growing up? Life was great. It was actually pretty simple. We, I grew up on a farm in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we just had five acres and some barns and lots of animals. So I grew up taking care of a lot of animals and also primarily um, horseback riding. So I showed hunter jumper and three day eventing. And I actually have my colors, fox hunting which isn't something many people have the opportunity. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. That's incredible. You're also very good at I braiding. Am, yes, you are very good at braiding. Is, I learned. Which is, I think, because courses. of yeah, you know, all that. You have to braid your names and right? tails yeah. for yeah. Um, shows. And it was a really interesting way of growing up because while most people in high school were doing all the things that you do in high school, I guess, mm -hmm. I was extremely into my horses, which meant... Every Saturday morning, we had a fox hunt. So in order to... And when you're a young person at a fox hunt, you are... It's very rank. So as a very young person, mm. you have to be there very early. Like I had to get there well before the sun came up, be sure all my stuff was ready, my horse was ready. And then as more experienced members of the hunt came in, I would help them get their horses ready and basically do all their things to earn respect and credentials. And you move up by earning that. And so the quickest you can get your hunt colors is two years of consistent hunting. You can't miss a hunt. Um, wow. And you have to do all the socially proper etiquette related things. And I did. I was the first person to be third generation to get colors in my hunt. So it was a very big deal. And and I was quite young, but it meant you don't really do anything that you would do in high school, right? You have to go to bed, you know, in order to be up at three in the morning because you have to feed your horse for an hour. They have to have an hour to digest, you know, right. all this mm -hmm. stuff. So not, not normal. normal. And yeah, so I grew up, um, yeah, in Cincinnati doing that and really loving it. And I went to the University of Evansville in Indiana and got my bachelor's degree mm. there in public relations and interpersonal communication skills training. And yeah, 
Then from there, I got my wow. job in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where I still am. That's just amazing. Awesome. You know, so then fa- we're going to fast forward here for a minute. And I want us now to go to present day, but maybe five, six years ago, present day, right? So we're going to fast forward and Diane has been through growing businesses and all these different things. And I want us to fast forward to five or six years ago, you know, when we all were getting to know each other really pretty well during that time, mm-hmm. you know, and I would love for you just to, to share with our listeners today sort of where you were in your life and what was going on in your world at that point. I think it's probably just for reference, I got into real estate 16 years ago. And so that five-year question is, you know, me already into real estate for about 10 years. And that those first 10 years were really hard and very exciting and all those things. And so it's probably important to understand that when I got into real estate, I was a single mom with an infant and a toddler mm-hmm. and enough money to live for three months. So that was wow. the framework. I don't have any family in town and my family wasn't willing to join this effort, shall we say. So mm-hmm. I knew I had to go in and go big and go hard to make it work, which I did. And so I feel really proud about being able to do that, starting as an agent and building a team and doing the things. So, And your mom is a realtor, yeah. right? Was she a realtor? Yeah. As she, was she a realtor no, growing not up? Growing with up. You? She got into real estate a few years okay. after I graduated from college. But she was the person. She's like, you need to be in real estate. And I don't know about you, but I do the opposite of my mom as long as possible. Yeah. And then finally, I'm like, yes. okay. And then now I don't hear the end of it. Is your mom so smart? <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish you would listen to me sooner? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So It's all in its perfect time, though. That's right. So um, I had amazing success in those first 10 years in real estate and was very excited about growing and growing and getting the next award and having the biggest this and that mm-hmm. and and really looking for opportunity. So in that process, sort of getting in the way of opportunity was really important to me. I think it's Mike Brody who said, you always have to be ready for the mm. tap on the shoulder. And so I was always trying to get in the way to be ready, you know, put your shoulder up, get that tap. So five years ago, I was in that mode. I'm like, okay, so I've I built a team. I own a market center. I've, I'm a maps coach. I'm Keller Williams University faculty. I've like done done many of the opportunities that are in front of us. But I love to build, so building mm-hmm. is just the beginning. And so five years ago, I had the opportunity to to be the major investor for Keller Williams United Kingdom, and that was like exactly five years ago, which is super fascinating mm-hmm. because you know when we hear you don't know what you know most people don't know what they're going to be doing in five years, right? So at that five-year mark, I thought, wow, five years prior to that, I would never even thought about the UK. So I want to pause here for one second, though, because coming up to five years ago, you had a wildly successful career Mm -hmm. that was largely based in one location, right? It was based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And you you actually had a very large business at that point. You had a large team Mm -hmm. and a lot of success. You know, kids kind of coming up through high school and middle school at that age. And... um, you know, life was very busy. So, you know, you say all of a sudden, I wanted to build and grow something. You were already building something big, number one. It just wasn't on an international scale. But number two sort of was like, what was going on in your world that all of a sudden made you feel like, I need to take something international? Like, I I think a lot of people get into this race, if you will. I know I've been guilty of it, where it's like, 
I like the attention. I like the awards. I like the accolades. I like um, winning and being recognized for that on a national I level. I like the new stuff. I like the new stuff. But is it really fulfilling me? Right? Is that really? Am I doing this just because I've been doing it, and so I'm just going to keep doing it, or is this really what I want to do? And I think, you know, there's there's part of that story on your end that you you know you had to ask some really big questions when you were exploring that. So sort of, you know, what what happened in your world to lead you to that point? Yeah, I feel like I was I I had built what I knew I what I had set out to do, but I yeah. also felt like there was something inside, and I didn't really know what it was. So I, at that point, I brought into my life a transformational coach. And so that's somebody who's sort of the, kind of the liaison between life and business and family and health, you know, just a, it wasn't just a business coach or just a health coach. It was a rounded out coach. So she started asking some really great questions around intention and opening up my mind to being aware of what was coming. And I'll never forget, I went to a family reunion in New Orleans. And whenever I go to Mm. an event like this, I go with specific intention of what, like, what is my one thing I want to learn? Who can I get in front of to help me? And and who can I help? Like, I always try to do both. And if you're listening right now, you should pause and go write that down really quick because you just dropped a tiny little bitty nugget, but that was a really big one. (laughs) So you always go in with, who do I want to know? What's my one intention I want to learn? And then what's the third? Who can I help? Who can I help? I want to. I want. That's awesome. I want to. Gra- yeah. I want to learn from other people, but I also want to be sharing. You know, passing it through and seeing what I can do to help other people. And for the listeners who don't know what family reunion is, it's one of Keller Williams' large. Yeah, events. lots of people there. Honestly, when I left that event, I had eleven different opportunities that I didn't know about before I arrived at that event. Wow! Through these conversations. So then I was all excited and mostly distracted. And my coach, <laughs> my coach, Carrie, was like, okay, this is the universe testing you, right? You could say yes to any one of these things, but what is your intention? What is your, you know, and she really helped me slow down and evaluate and ask good questions about these variety of opportunities. And one of them was international. And I just like, mm. that really became ex- most exciting. So that's where mm-hmm. international came from. And then, you know, you always like say yes and then figure it out. I'm like, oh, this would be great. Let's do this. And yeah, turns out it's really, really hard, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not always, that's not always the best advice that works for some people, but sometimes you should think about it before you say yes. Uh, think about how you're going to figure it out. I know you say, I know that's one of your mottos, Diane, but... Not yes, always the best place. Yeah. So just, I just, I'd interject <laughs> there. Yeah, interject there. Well, so you end up becoming basically the person who is not only leading the charge, but you're also the boots on the ground for the launch of Keller Williams UK. You've got some some partners, but you're the one that's actually putting in the time. Got the mm-hmm. boots on the ground. Yeah. And so, if I recall, you were basically you basically ended up within a year. You were spending about two weeks out of every month. Yeah, two weeks on, two weeks off for three years. Wow! Wow. Yeah. So, and then we had two two daughters. That's a that's a full year and a half. Yeah, that's a full year and a half in the UK while also raising daughters here. Yeah, in the United States, multiple businesses here as well. Well, and so tell us, tell us what was the result of that? I mean, obviously, it had some good good consequences, and then some things that were kind of tough yeah. for you. It's taken you a long time to get me to cry, Wendy. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
I can make I Diane know. cry like that. It's from all those years of driving you <laughs> around knows, in my car. Knows all I know all the pain you. points. Yeah. So, so <laughs> and what was what was being created, right? I found good partners and we started building. It was much harder than I anticipated, which that's okay. But a lot of things happened. I mean, the ramifications of running off to start something new and exciting means that you're not putting as much time into what you were spending time on. And whether that mean your family or your friends or whatever that looks like and your business. So I got out of my business in Grand Rapids sooner than it was ready. Um, That created quite a decline in my local business, which was a huge financial um, impact. I definitely was not spending the time with my children that I was before, and that created a big family impact. And just before I took off with the UK, I was in the proceedings of getting divorced, so there was that impact. And yeah, it was hard. (laughs) And it wasn't Mm. pretty. My health declined. My sleep was deprived. (laughs) Stress was crazy. It was not a good time. It was the best and worst of times, right? It was both. Right. Yeah. Because at the same time, it was was pretty exciting for you. I I mean, I love to build, right? I love that part. And Mm -hmm. this was the biggest build I'd ever done and the big challenges. And that fills me up. It gets me going. And I love that. But I also Mm -hmm. love the people in my world. And I was letting them down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure it was kind of like a gradually then suddenly, right? Because three years is a, it's a tremendous amount of time. That's that's a long time to be feeling all the things that you just expressed. And so tell us about kind of what happened and then... What'd you do? You know, was there like a tipping point or what, what happened? Yeah. Well, what happened was I was, yeah, everything was declining. Relationships, health, business, all the things. Really, the only thing that was improving was the United Kingdom, which was one of the goals, but not realizing what the detriment would be. So I needed to make a change. And one of, I think the tipping point was going to our Five Dolls retreat in Manzanita. Because so Mm -hmm. we have, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they know, but so we all get together a couple of times a year. And this time I wasn't going to be able to go because of the UK commitments and I was feeling so out of body, like I couldn't get mm-hmm. it all together. And it was actually Matt, who's my husband now. He's just said, "Can you drop everything and go?" He's like, "You, when mm-hmm. you come, when you're with those women, and you come out of that, you have such clarity, and you have such support, and you have people who ask you great questions." He's like, "I can't think of anything you need right now more than that. Can what can you can you get there?" And I was like, "This was, I think, two days before." And yeah. yeah, and I was like, I don't even know if I can. Like, I don't even know if there'll if there's room. You know, all these things. Yeah, you're like, is there? Is, is it, it physically yeah. possible? And yeah. I asked the question. Yeah. But with eleven of us, when there, where there's a will, there's yeah. a way. We would have sure. figured something out. Yeah. yeah. So they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody said, "Come." I switched all the stuff, and I showed up in Manzanita, and that was really that was it. So, so one of the things we do as our dolls group is we stand up and we do an org chart and to say, all right, here's what, here's what our world looks like. Here's me and here's you know, my direct reports, et cetera. And it was, it was an eye-opener to me to draw it out. I mm-hmm. thought, well, no wonder I feel like I do 
this is this is not sustainable. This is not healthy. It's yeah. not even realistic in any way. So we're like, all right, well, what can change? And I was so we talked about different things. And I just felt so committed to all the things I had been committed to that mm-hmm. it didn't, I couldn't find a way to let go of something. And even though I felt it, I didn't know what it could be. And it was Wendy that you said to me, you're like, I just want you to know, I give you permission to change this, to let go, to redesign your life. And I was like, what? I can't remember. Like, when's the last time somebody gave you permission? When you were five or 10 or here I am. (laughs) Almost 50 at that point. I was like, oh, I needed to hear that. So yeah. And and I set some pretty serious change goals right there in front of us, in front of the group. One thing... If you don't know me, one thing you should know is that once I decide something, I make it happen. <laughs> yes, once it's decided, it's done. It's just it's done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, oh, right. yeah. Lightning McGriffin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah. So I started implementing dramatic changes mm-hmm. immediately. Well, walk us through that. What did those look like? Um, well. One of the things looked like me not being the OP for the United Kingdom, which is, you know. You had been. I had been, yeah, for for three years. Well, yeah. And the OP is basically, for those not in like the Keller Williams real estate world, that's basically like the COO of the organization. I mean, you are, you know, deep, heavy into the business strategy and operations of the entire organization, making sure that the business is running instead of in the front, which is the management side of things. Yes, exactly. So, so you gave that up, and ultimately, uh, who, who's um, doing right that now? That is Ben Taylor, and he is my business partner there. He's amazing. He's British. I mean, what, it's one of the things we decided was good to have somebody in charge who actually lives there and is connected. So we did that. Well, and what an opportunity mm-hmm. for him, right? I mean, that's kind of changed has, his life. It has. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that we forget that is is that when we uh, are doing all the things. Uh, we're not creating opportunity for anyone else. Yeah. And so really what you did was you were able to g- what give up what felt like a, uh, you probably felt like you were... Uh, letting people down giving up, or giving up. Right? Or, right. or letting yeah. people down or whatever, just knowing yeah. you. And really what you were doing is you were allowing the leadership of Ben to come in and, and flourish. And it has yes. flourished, you know, knowing, mm-hmm. knowing him, knowing him yeah. and what he's built. It's yeah. so much better yeah. with me out of the way. There's, and I'm still super involved. I mean, every day I do something involving the UK. But um, I also at that time was, again, OP, COO, CEO of um, a market center, a business here in Grand Rapids. And that was another identifying, like, I, what am I doing? I don't need to be that person here either. Mm-hmm. So I replaced myself um, with one of my business partners, Lisa Costanza. So she's now um, in charge of that. And it really gave me again yeah. an opportunity Which is, for her. She's great. Had yeah. wanted for a long mm-hmm. time, and I was yeah. holding on to it for whatever ego, for whatever the reasons. I don't even know, but yeah. So those were two of the biggest changes. And then I also made a commitment to my health at that point. Something I felt like I had really let slip. So to get back into training, I uh, do lots of triathlons. So to put that back at the forefront. That was important. Well, and I love that because when I think about you, I think about your physical health as a huge part of right. your identity. 
So you had basically just let a huge part of your identity and what was really important to you go. go. Mm -hmm. You know, just saying, listen, everything else is more important than me. Absolutely. And I had also let my relationship with my kids go, right? And so one of Mm -hmm. of the things we decided at that retreat was to, you know, for me to like cook at home and make dinner for my kids. And the goal at that time was two times a month. And for some of you moms out there, you're probably mortified. Like you only feed your kids twice a month. But honestly, (laughs) that was two times more than... Well, just to be clear, they were it's eating. not that you're only feeding yeah. them twice a month. They have plenty <laughs> of food. <laughs> so they were eating. It's just that you weren't cooking, not cooking for, them. for them. And we weren't eating dinner as a family. And so we... Well, what did that symbolize? Yeah, what did that symbolize for you? Um, a few things. One is, honestly, it's how I was raised. I cannot remember one meal I ever had with my mom, my dad, and my brother. There are only four of us to get together Never once in my upbringing. I, and I remember that. Um, so, so I never felt like it was important. Mm. This is a pattern interrupt for you when you decided to start doing this. Yeah. So I just thought, well, this is normal. This is normal. And then you start talking to people and you're like, hmm, actually, that's not that normal. And mm-hmm. realizing that that is a great time to connect with your kids. They don't, you know, they yeah. you at least get them for 20 minutes, which could be 20 minutes more than you <laughs> while they eat their food. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, when they're like when they're teenagers, you know, that's sometimes. You know, that's right. Yeah. Try to keep them from taking their food and yeah. going to the room with their food. I'm like, how about? <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. So it was that, and then I also was relatively new in my relationship with Matt, and you know, relationships don't just happen <laughs> without some work. Right. So it really was a major shift to take things away from lots of different businesses. I stopped coaching as many clients. I stopped teaching as many classes. I stopped traveling as many things. I lost, gave up or passed on um, opportunity to other people, which honestly, at the end of the day, what it provided is thinking space. And Mm. it was a byproduct that I wasn't expecting. I didn't realize Mm. how much was going on in my head all of the time. And each thing I took off of that front burner space in my head, the more space I had. And one thing I did was commit to not filling that space up with other things. That's huge. Yeah. That was the... Mm, that, that's huge. It was huge. So I stopped doing that and spent more time enjoying the people in my world and the people and and the I, the things I was doing I'm like okay let's do fewer things do the things you like and enjoy them more which seems you know like duh, common sense but it, it seems like a duh, but that's a very like you make it sound simple no, but that's actually it's, it's very not, it's hard actually not common yeah sense. and it's a very hard thing yeah. to accomplish and I will say as a as a friend of yours one thing I've observed over the past couple of years with you is that you have become more and more and more physically and mentally present in the moment like it, and it's continued to evolve. Or like when I'm in a conversation with Diane, I feel so engaged and present with you in the moment when I'm having a conversation, and it it brings this just I don't this just really wonderful appreciation to the conversations we have because I feel like I I get to be in the moment with you when sometimes you you just get busy and you're running and and doing all the things. And I think that's something you've been very intentional about is you're not filling space. Mm-hmm. It's given you the ability to be fully present, and that's a huge gift. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Actually, a lot of my memories of driving you around in the car back in the old days were of you—you mm-hmm. you were on your phone, mm-hmm. and I was always, I always, I, I was always annoyed because I was like, "Here I am, mm-hmm. 
spending time with you. I'm basically your taxi driver and you're on your, mm-hmm. you're just checking your email the whole time. Yeah, so. not, and not, but then, and then yeah. we translate that though. Like you and I took a dro- drive back a year ago from one of the trips. Diane and you were not on your phone at all for a three hour car ride. Yeah, it's definitely different. And, and when do you even, I remember one of our rides and you're like, it sure would be nice if you put the phone down and paid attention to me. And I thought, good for you for saying so. And it, it hit me like, oh my. And I thought, I do this all the time. You know, it's like that gradually, then suddenly, gradually you check a little bit, check a little bit, and suddenly it's nonstop. And I thought, well, this is probably the way everyone in my life feels, not just Wendy, right? My mm-hmm. kids and my partners and my Aren't you glad you have a loudmouth yes, friend? Sometimes like I am. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes is the keyword. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. We love you, Wendy. Somebody has to be brave enough. I take my validation where I can get it. <laughs> well, we'll put that in the book. That counts in the yeah. journal. You can put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I guess why don't you, you, you already shared some great lessons. Tell me, you know, kind of fast forward mm-hmm. to now, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how your life is different and, and maybe how it's better. And then uh, if there's any lessons that you learned from saying no to say yes to the things that matter most. Yeah, it's actually been more profound than I would have imagined. For other people, they're probably like, well, yeah, of course, but it really took me being in it to be able to see it. So one of the things I did when I came back to, to Michigan in a full-time capacity is really evaluate the business. Because when I returned, Griffin Properties had six agents that it wasn't going very well, right? And I thought, what are, we're spending mm-hmm. a lot of time trying to get people to do things. And that's okay. And it was exhausting and not fulfilling. And what what I realized was what I need to do is pare it down get a handle on it, really simplify it, and and just build on that. And I was real clear Mm -hmm. that I wasn't looking to build another big business. What I was looking to do is have, continue this balance, continue to have the thinking time that I've had, but kind of get back into it. And partly had to do with this market. I mean, this decision was happening right as COVID started you know, it was all the Zoom stuff. And then as it started to open up, Kendall Weber, who is my business partner, we've been together for eight years. She and I just went out and she, I love her. She asked me some really tough questions. You know, she's like, basically, what what do you see yourself doing? And are you committed to this? Was her question. And she's like, I don't want you to answer right now. I just want you to think about it. And I want you to come back to me and tell me, are you committed to doing what we're talking about? Which was essentially revamping Griffin Properties, which included me being in it wholeheartedly, buyers, sellers, doing the things I had done 16 years ago, but hadn't done in 10 years, probably. And I Mm -hmm. didn't answer right then. I really needed to think about it. And I did. And I came back to her and very sincere, wholehearted and said, I'm in, let's do it. And part of that was, what do we want to do after that? So we need to do this to get to where we want to go. Can we do it without disrupting our lives completely? And one of the things she really wanted to do was travel. And I'm like, can we do this? Can I be here and now you go travel? And can we work it out? And we decided we could. And I will tell you, that was what it was over seven months ago. 
And our world is completely different than it was then. So I'm enjoying helping buyers and sellers, which I hadn't done in years. Kendall is traveling all around and we're doing all of our things. And it's, and we're helping clients. We have our average price point is more than doubled since I've been doing the sales. And so right now we're needing to do just what we need to do. We're not trying to set records. We're not trying to be number one. We're just doing a really, really great job for clients. And it feels lovely. And I'm spending time with my family and I'm spending time with Matt and I'm still on my health and and I have thinking time and I have some really mm. great friends. And I'll tell you, I have fewer friends than I had before. That was one of the thinking time mm. lessons that I was mm-hmm. trying to keep up with a lot of people. And I gradually stopped reaching out to some people just, you know, and thought, well, if they reach out to me, great. It wasn't like I don't like them. I just didn't have enough time to go deep with the people, with everybody. Everyone, yeah. And what was fascinating is how many people don't reach out. And I was like, yeah. Oh, so I didn't realize I was in the cycle of I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. And if you stop being the one to see if anybody else shows up as the one. And when they don't, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well... And it's not that it's bad. It just means maybe it's not our season. Maybe they'll show up again later or I will right. or something different. But even that simplification created more peace. I feel very peaceful, more so than ever before. And not any less driven, just more intentional. I love, I love that. that. Wow. So and so I love that. Gosh, that's just fantastic. Well, and I, I just would say I'm really proud of you because I know I know how hard that decision was for you. And we've all been there where we're so busy that we don't have any time to reflect or think about all the things that are going on. It's almost like we stuff our plates full mm. so that we don't have right. to think about mm-hmm. it. Right. It's it's almost easier being on autopilot because for some of us, we don't know what, what to do in the car with a friend when we're not checking our email. We just don't mm-hmm. know. And and so I just I'll acknowledge that it's sometimes hard to to be still. And so I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of you for being an example for all of us in your intentionality, uh, because I think you more than any of us have made a massive shift Mm -hmm. in a Mm -hmm. wonderful direction. It's so great to see you in love and having a better relationship with your children and your your mom and your friends than you ever have before. And um, and also doing the things that you you love every day and still making a big impact Mm -hmm. in the world. So, you. you know... I don't know if I can say I'm proud of you. I gave you permission, so I guess I'll take it. Yeah, whatever. I, I completely echo Wendy. You know, and the things that I wrote down that are my big takeaways from today are, you know, Diane, you got really clear on what you wanted, and then you had to say no to a lot in order to say yes to the things that you love. And then when you said no to those things, you were very intentional about not replacing your freed up time with busyness, but instead keeping that as thinking time. Which, I mean, I would argue is probably even harder than saying no is than not saying yes to everything else again, filling it up. I know that's a fail for it I've had before. Still sometimes do. And then you you stopped the relentless pursuit of more because you started the relentless pursuit of your passions and your joys instead. You know, and when and when you let go of that and fully committed to your passions, that all of a sudden freed you up to live your absolute best life. And that's uh, just incredible. I I know a lot of people listening today are going, that's that's what I want and that's where I want to be. So I love that. I'm glad. Well, hopefully people can recognize before they get 
as strung out as I, you know, I mean, it feels like sometimes you have to get <laughs> to the edge of the cliff and you need somebody mm-hmm. to give you permission is to get that sort of permission sooner is I, right. sometimes it's not easy to see. So one one of the lessons for me is about who you're around, right? I don't know if I wouldn't have had that opportunity to be with y'all in Manzanita and and have that opportunity to to share the true disaster I was in the middle of and be able to be vulnerable in that way. That yeah. and I don't know how much longer that would have perpetuated. So I did coin it Operation Simplify. And so that started three years ago when we were there and it's in every part, right? It's simplifying business and friendships. I sold my big house and simplified. I got rid of half of everything I own, mm-hmm. whether, you know, mm-hmm. from art to mm-hmm. purses to whatever. I mean, everything got more simple and that created even that that thinking space as well. I love that. Well, you know, and if if you don't have those people in your life, it's a you know a great opportunity to come and join us at our Amplify event yes. uh, this fall because well, that's exactly what we're doing. Is these sorts of conversations? If this is something that appeals to you, then you absolutely should be coming and joining us this fall. Um, and you can go find out about it at amplifyevent.com because this is exactly why we love these conversations is having more of them. So Diane, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I learned a ton and uh, I feel like I already knew you really well. So I (laughs) I have lots of notes and takeaways. So I just want to thank all of you all for listening today. And uh, we want to encourage you to go lead a big business, but even more importantly, a bigger life. And remember, you are an empire builder. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.